a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. And welcome to another episode of Story Connect, the podcast. We are recording live from the KTA TNBA Fall Conference here at Bowling Green, Kentucky. And uh, I'm your host, Stephen Smith, and I'm delighted to have uh, with us today as our guest, Mr. Uh, Jim Kiefer. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. Great to be here. Jim is a marketing consultant uh, with WordSouth, and he addressed the crowd today here at the conference about uh, the pursuit of excellence. And if your organization is pursuing excellence, a great way to get there is to listen to your customers. Uh, Jim has a long history with the Baldridge framework, which is uh, something he explained to the crowd today, and we're going to dive into that and talk about a lot of the uh, customer service, customer satisfaction, customer engagement, the things that uh, that he spoke with the crowd about today. So get us started, Jim, talking about what is this Baldridge framework? Well, Baldridge framework is not a mystery. It's a it's a process. It really is, Stephen. It's a it's a process where um, the you look at six separate parts of a company. Uh, you begin with leadership and customers and strategy. Look at your workforce, operations, and measurements, and then all of that, all of those processes drive drive results. And that's what Baldridge believes. And Baldridge compares what you're doing in the process area to uh, what world class, best in class companies do. They really answer, they ask three fundamental questions. First, is your company doing as well as it could? And then you can answer that as most companies think, well, no, I'm not. I'm not doing as well, but we're doing well in some areas. And then they ask the second question, how do you know? What is it that you're measuring and how, how do you know how you're doing? And then third, it prioritizes what you can and should do to be making your or to help drive your company to um, better and better uh, excellence performance excellence so that's what they do they ask very simple questions and and then they they compare your answers and what you do to what is going on in uh, in the world around you very good and i know today you really uh, honed in on the customer aspect and the customer focus uh, topics that you looked at today uh, the, the the main ones were the customer expectations, customer engagement, and then customer-focused uh, results. That's correct. Talk to us about customer expectations and how to how to know what those expectations are from your customers. Well, you usually start, and Baldridge says you start with listening to your customers. And you, most organizations, when you ask them, well, do you listen to your customers? They say, well, sure I do. And then you ask them, how? How do you listen to your customers? Well... One month we do this, and the next week we do that and something else. And you say, but what's the process around that? And how do you know it's working? How do you know you're getting the kind of feedback that your customers really want to give you? So it starts with uh, really listening to them in a structured way. And I don't mean formal uh, in the sense that it doesn't have to be a suit and tie kind of sit down with them, but it needs to be structured so that you're asking the right questions, listening to them, digging a little bit deeper and getting those results. And then very importantly, getting actionable um, feedback. Uh, lots of times you get things that, well, I don't like this or I don't like that, but you don't really get the information about, well, what can I do about it as a 
service provider. And so I think if you listen to them and then you assess those means that you're listening to them and you make sure that you're getting actionable information. And then the third piece of it is, now, what do I do to follow up? I got this. I have this information. My customers are telling me this. How do I then let them know what I'm going to do about it? Otherwise, after two or three surveys or two or three focus groups or roundtables and people are giving you feedback and you're not doing anything about it, then they're going to start wondering, why am I providing feedback? So you got to, you have to then, then communicate back with them. And you can't do everything the customers want. So you communicate what you can do, what you are going to do, but also tell your story over and over about there may be some things you just simply cannot do for various reasons. So that's what we talk about when we, when we talk about listening, customer listening and that sort of thing. And what would be some best practices that providers might want to consider in that area? Well, I think one of the best practices is to have a schedule, uh, in, in, whether it's written, uh, but it, of how you're going to communicate with your customers. I like to say, tell your story, tell your story over and over. A best practice we're seeing, and I think it is really evolving more in the telecom business over the last few years, is tell your story in multiple channels, not just well, a magazine's great and the website is great and a focus group is great. But make sure that you are, are really talented in multiple channels around social media. Social media is the new darling. Um, your customers are using it. Uh, not all your customers, but especially the younger customers are used to it. They've grown up with it. They don't know how to do. They don't know how to do business without it. So you don't always hear what you want to hear on Facebook. You know, see the kind of comments you want on whatever uh, format or whatever social media it is. But you've got to utilize them all. And, and again, listen to your customers. And I think that includes social media and includes a lot of the tried and true methods. I personally think there's still a lot of value to face-to-face with some of your customers and doing the old-fashioned focus groups where people, you just get groups in and you ask them questions and you, and you listen to them for some period of time. And that just gives you another, another sounding board. Now, when you're talking about listening, uh, a traditional, good old-fashioned customer satisfaction survey is, is certainly a method that, uh, that I think that you've mentioned before. T- talk a little bit about the value of that. Well, I don't think there's anything um, any more valuable than quantifying what your customers are saying. Uh, and, and so I, I, to the group today, I told – I implored them, if you will, to say, um, if you don't do a customer satisfaction survey, start. You can start small. You don't have to, but get started because quantifying that, you may think you know often, and you may be right, and that's good, but then then what you can get is I verified that I was right. I know what my customers thought, but I believe a customer satisfaction survey in some uh, some fashion or form is an absolutely critical first step to knowing um, knowing what your customers think and quantifying that. And again, quantifying it with actionable results. Uh, and, the, and the more actionable, the better, and then doing something about them. Customer satisfaction, though, Stephen, has, uh, has grown now to really starting to try to figure out, well, I've got my customers are satisfied. But are they engaged? Are they loyal to me? The example I used 
um, in our conference earlier today was, well, what if I'm a satisfied customer and you haven't done anything to drive me away? You, when I've called, you've been responsive. You've been, you've been very okay. I'm satisfied. But I may not be loyal at all, and the, and the competitor offers me something that's just I feel is a little bit better, and I'm, I'm gone. So I'm satisfied, but I'm gone. Well, that's not a very – that's not a very good place to be in. So I think you start to measure customer engagement as opposed to just customer satisfaction. Satisfaction is a part of being engaged. Mm, that's a very good point. Is there, um, is there a place for looking not only at your results from customer satisfaction, but uh, what value is there of comparing that uh, benchmarking with other providers? Well, again... Um, uh, I, I think that's critical. I, it, if you want to get better, um, you, you, I saw on one of the websites, I uh, went through several of the websites for the people there today, and they said they wanted quality customer service. Well, that's a, that, that sounds good, and that is good, but what, how do you measure quality customer service? How do you measure that I provided quality customer service? So what I'm saying, what I think of is that I believe a, a great opportunity is for organizations like the uh, Kentucky Telecom and the Tennessee Broadband to get together and have several of their entities do a customer satisfaction survey in which they answer standard questions. So let's say there's a dozen that every one of them that, that participate in this survey sends this survey to their customers and they ask the same 12 questions. Now, it can be customized then for each individual company to ask some additional, but ask the same 12 questions and then compare themselves to one another. It can be done blindly. By that, what I mean is that I know who the 14 or 15 or 20, however many are in the survey, who they are, but the results I get rank me compared to those other 20, And but I don't know which company is top of the heap and which company's the bottom, but I do know where I compare to everyone. And I think that provides you actionable information because if you want to be best quality service in, in the region, you want to be the um, you want to be um, superior customer service, whatever it is and however you want to measure, you've got to see where you compare to others that are providing the same types of products and services. So I believe benchmarking in some way, shape, or form even if you only get started by benchmarking against yourself. What, how did I do this year? How did I do last year? What is my goal for the next year? You identify those gaps and you say, these are the things that I can see are my low-hanging fruit, what I, what I can go after, and almost instantly, overnight, practically improve your customer engagement, your loyalty, your retention, all those sorts of things. Um, I didn't give much of your background. I'm going to spend just a second setting up this uh, next question. Um, you, you spent some time in the natural gas business. Yes, sir. Uh, and then for 17 years, you were with uh, TVA. Correct. And uh, served as distributors and customer strategy, support, service positions. Since 2014, upon retiring from TVA, you have uh, operated your own management consulting company. And, uh, of course, that's where we linked up. And yep, you've sure been did. providing marketing uh, consulting for uh, WordSouth. But... Um, Built upon this history that you have, especially with uh, with electric distributors, mm-hmm. you have seen this model that you're talking about work. Tell us a little bit about the, and primarily, I think it was the 
in, in the Tennessee Valley area, electric distributors, and, and how that survey and benchmarking program worked. Okay. Um, it, it really started as a, a group of companies coming together, and I think through just general discussions saying they really weren't doing any customer satisfaction survey. If they were, maybe one or two of the folks that joined had done a one-off. They've done a survey this year, or they did a survey five years ago, and but nothing on a periodic process basis. There were, I believe, approximately 12 to 15 um, municipals and cooperatives that came together, um, serving different areas of different sizes and shapes. They were some of the larger ones that TVA serves. These are all TVA-served customers, and they decided they hired uh, a third party to come in and help them design a survey, which they had input into, and they spent two or three different meetings and providing um, providing information, et cetera, on, um, on, on the survey questions. And they came up with a group of, I think, maybe a dozen questions that they all agreed they were going to ask their customers. And then the, they went out. They also then customized it. Each customer got a chance to customize those additional questions that were issues that were important to them in their marketplace. They sent that survey out. They did it by email. And they did it by email because they wanted to do something pretty quickly. They I had a, a pretty substantial set of email addresses for their customers, and they emailed it out to their customers. And um, they got, once they hit the target amount of responses, they, they then, each of them got a customized feedback report. And that customized feedback report was their results on those 12 questions, where they ranked in comparison to every other uh, company that had you know, participated. So they asked questions around um, loyalty. They asked questions around ease of doing business. They asked questions around uh, would you refer us, how to... How are we doing in our customer service? And now they can take every one of those areas and say, well, I did pretty well in this. I ranked, I was the top two or three. But in this area, I was the bottom two or three. And they can take that then and say, well, I didn't realize I had quite an issue. And when I'm comparing myself to my peers, not necessarily competitors, but my peers, I didn't do so well. And that just gives them that opportunity without it being... Um, a, a real high cost. There's a cost involved, but it wasn't real high cost. It was friendly fire in a lot of instances because they're not competing, but they're trying to figure out how am I doing in comparison to others that are providing some of the same services. And I simply think that's a great opportunity for the telcos that I spoke to today is to do something similar, something similar where they group and then they can compare themselves to one another. They can segment it by sizes. They can, they can do a lot of information with it. And the more customers that uh, are part of it, the more opportunity they have to get actionable and really, really good data. Now, I've heard you say uh, several times, you said in the, your presentation today, in this interview, you've used this word several times, actionable data. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, break that down for our listeners of... What is the difference between knowing something and having something that's actionable? Well, again, if I was thinking of a, um, of a comparison to a benchmark, if I'm just asking people yes-no questions, I know whether they, do you like the customer service we provide? Yes. Well, or, or no. Well, that's not very actionable because I don't know what I could do. If you are then breaking down um, 
Customer service is a good example. Questions that were asked, there would maybe be six or eight of them, and they would ask you um, in this survey, have you, have you been in to have customer service? Yes. Okay, then that, what, what part of customer service did you utilize? Did you, what, did you use on phone? Um, did you come into the office? Uh, was it online? And once they get that information, then they ask you to rank, rate each one of those areas that you actually used and also rate how important it is to you. So if I'm much more concerned about how I'm treated in person than I am online or how easy it is, you just can rate all of those different areas and then you can see and one particular case was it came very, very clear that a customer service issue a client was facing was their phone system was just awful. And, the, and the, they knew it, but they hadn't done anything about it. And they kind of knew it. But, from what they, but this gave them the quantifiable information to say our phone system ranks last or close to last on these 14 our customers are just they're so annoyed by it and they're so offended by it and then you've got actionable information you can take to your senior leadership team you can take to your board and say we need to make an investment in a new phone system because we are really driving our customers nuts with this phone system that doesn't work it's those kinds of things you've got to get to you you can't just ask a question and then not know what you can do about it. There may not be anything you can do about it, but then that gives you the opportunity to tell your story. Communicate with your customers about, we heard you and we understand your frustration. Here's why, here's why we can't make the changes you, you want. And I think, in, again, today I heard about um, these robocalls. Very interesting. One of the other speakers talked about robocalls and what is being done about them to help them out. But there are some things that you have to have certain kinds of kinds of technology in place to be able to do what is the is the mass solution if you're the biggest solution and some of these rural telcos don't have that in place so it's going to be a communications issue for them too Mm, very true Uh, a major focus uh, i guess a highlight of the um, baldridge framework uh, when you look at the graphic of the the whole uh, cores and uh, core values and concepts uh, the organizational profile it moves over from left to right to end in a uh, end in results, and I have seen um, you know as part of your presentation certainly you were talking about having customer focused results. Why is the framework so focused on that? Why is the results part so key to end this um, this this walk through the information gathering and the focus on your customers? Very, uh, a very good question, and I think. You think of this, and the Baldridge has six process categories that they go through, but nobody does process just to do process. Nobody does process just to say, well, I've got a great uh, workforce development process, or I have a great customer-focused uh, process, because they want to drive results. And so part of Baldridge says, what's important to you that when that organizational profile is is first um, when you, that's where you start. You start with the organizational profile, and you, as the organization, fill that out. You tell Baldridge, in effect, the Baldridge examiners, what's important to you. And if customers are important to you, they're going to ask you, well, how do you measure 
your product effectiveness. That's one of them. How do you measure customer satisfaction and engagement? How do you measure your listening posts? And then you say, well, we measure these, these, and then they want to know the results. And so once you look at the results, you say, well, wait a minute. I, I've got this great customer-focused process, but my results don't show I'm getting where I want to be. Well, you might have a good process, but it's not working still. You, now you need to go back and figure out, what am I not doing that's, not, that, that's keeping me from getting the, getting the results? Baldridge does a scoring system, and there is almost half of the points that are, are given from Baldridge are in a um, are in Baldridge. They are half of the points are relative to the um, the total is based on results. It's based on based on the results, and th- so results are very important. There's no need to have a process unless it's driving the results that you are that you want to measure and getting the results because that's what's going to. That's what's going to impact your company the most. Are you getting the results you need to satisfy, keep your customers satisfied, keep you in business, and grow your business? Uh, that reminds me of, uh, and I'm sure you've you've consulted with companies before who have a bookshelf full of <laughs> binders with good intentions. Correct. That never got to that results. Right. Yeah, and I think the biggest piece um, I call strategy. There's two parts to any strategy, whether it's an overall organizational strategy, a customer strategy, or whatever, there is the part of it where you develop your strategy. These are our goals. These are our objectives. These are the measures we want. And then there's this black hole of implementing them because it's a little easier for an organization to sit back and think about what we want to do and what we're going to do and and make up that we are going to do these things over the next two to three years, and this is what we want to measure, but implementing it. Because what happens is the urgency of the day-to-day. I've got to put out the fire. I've got to resolve the customer complaint. I've got a, a, a widget that's not being being produced correctly takes over, and before you know it, you're not working on those things that take a, take a longer term. So you have to devote a certain amount of time uh, and senior leadership has to be the ones lead this uh, where they say we're going to get out in that quadrant that makes us think about the future and not just focus on today and we've got to do that on a schedule we got to keep seeing where are we in this strategy and if we need to adjust the strategy fine but don't just let it fall don't don't let it fall into the black hole of uh friend once told me that's the big honking binder that's out there. The big honking binder is full of stuff that people put on their shelves, and then it's just never really acted upon, and it becomes a, it becomes a, a binder and a, and a big paperweight. And that's what you can't do, whether it's an overall strategy, but certainly with your customers, that's not where you want to be. Absolutely. Well, we have uh, skimmed the surface of the, the Baldridge framework and all that that entails. We will have your contact information in the show notes. What would you suggest folks who uh, are listening and they want to know more and dive deeper into the Baldridge? I would give you, uh, especially I am headquartered out in in the Nashville area, um, and I work with an organization there. I'm consulting with them. I've been an active part. It's called the Tennessee Center for Performance Excellence. It's uh, tncpe.org. So it's tncpe.org. Go on and just take a take a look. They got a wonderful website, a lot of resources that are out there for the taking. Um, it 
it describes their programs, their products, their services, everything that, that they offer in terms of, of Baldridge. And they are a Baldridge-based uh, um, Baldridge group. They're also a program. This is a joint conference. Uh, Kentucky has a also has a program. I'm not nearly as knowledgeable about that. I think it's much smaller than Tennessee's. Tennessee's is a nationwide known program. It is a nationwide leader, always referred to as one of the top three to five in the nation. And I would encourage you to go to tncpe.org and see what you can find. There's lots of contact information and people to call. And certainly if you want to reach out to me, my information is available too. That sounds great. Thank you for joining us today, Jim, and uh, for being part of the conference here at the Kentucky Telecom Association and the Tennessee Broadband Association Annual Fall Conference 2019. We are here in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and you have been listening to another episode of Story Connect, the podcast coming to you live from this conference. And until we meet again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company. 